Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better, because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Welcome to episode number 47. Good to have Krista back in the studio with us tonight. Hey, everybody. I've been missing you. What's our topic tonight? Tonight we're going to talk about a very intriguing subject, and it's something you have entitled The Gray Man. You know, usually this is something we think of in an SHTF situation, but it goes much further than that. This is something that we can actually practice day in and day out, and there's some principles in here that help us to understand what we're seeing around us and fits into our situational awareness. Very often you hear the term OPSEC, O-P-S-E-C. That is short for operational security. We did a full podcast on that not long ago. Mm -hmm. And so we just want to remind our listeners, especially those of you that are either hearing our podcast for the first time, or you may be hearing some of these terms for the first time, that OPSEC is a very important thing to have in your life, and not just from a prepper standpoint, but just an individual standpoint as well. And being the gray man fits into that very, very well. The whole idea about being a gray man is to blend in. You don't stick out. Now, if you're on a campus, college campus, a backpack is a normal thing to see. Now, I probably wouldn't go around with uh, OD Green or Tactical Molly on it. Probably not. That's not the usual gear. For that would stick out campus. a little bit more. Right. What about a professional environment? How would you dress and what would you carry there? Well, generally in a professional environment, you're going to see people carrying cases that have laptops in them. So that type of gear, you know, like a professional case that's going to carry documents and a laptop. So that may or may not have your documents and laptop in it. That may have some of your prepper gear in it. But you're going to look like you're carrying professional gear. You're going to look like every other person around in that setting. That upscale leather briefcase? Leather, or some of them are fabric type. It doesn't matter. As long as it just looks like it carries professional equipment, a laptop, document, folders, things like that. Right. And depending on your work environment, you may be carrying some type of computer case. You might be carrying some type of shoulder bag. I've carried both over the years. And to some degree, that... Depended on where I was when I was in college, I carried a computer bag for my book bag. Mm-hmm. And some people carry what's called a messenger bag. When you often see uh, in urban environments uh, these delivery guys on bicycles, they've got messenger bags right. swung up over their shoulder. And those things can actually carry a great deal of gear. Absolutely. And I read a good article actually this morning that was talking about American tourists in other countries. Some of you international listeners may totally agree with this, that you can spot an American tourist from a mile away. Well, pretty much, because depending on the environment you have visited or where you're going to, you may be dressed and may be appearing and behaving very differently from the local culture. Absolutely. And this is where a little bit of research before you travel can go a long way. You don't want to be looking like a tourist. That can set you out to be robbed or mugged or something in certain areas. And this particular article was talking about how American tourists 
are always wearing the Hawaiian shirt when they're not in Hawaii. And years and years ago, back before the onset of camera phones, they carried the big Canon camera on a strap around their neck. Right. You could always tell, okay, that's a tourist. Well, nowadays, it's going to be the person with the device in their hand at all times, just filming and videoing and photo documenting every move they're making. You can tell a tourist if they're the ones at a Jamaican restaurant and they're making pictures of their dinner, tourist. Locals won't do that. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Think about it. Now, a lot of folks did that when Facebook first started out. But, you know, you'd see posts like I'm in the front yard. I'm in the backyard. Yeah. (laughs) This is what I'm having for dinner. This is what I had for breakfast. It was really good. But in a foreign country or a tropical island or in some other type of location, when you're behaving the way typical Americans do in a place that's not typical America, you're going to get noticed. And you're going to get noticed maybe for the right reasons. And you're going to get noticed maybe for the wrong reasons. So the whole idea here is blend in. Don't look like a tourist. Right. Do a little bit of research before you go so that you're not sticking out. Right. And try not to draw attention to yourself also in the aspect of if you're trying to flag down a taxi or if you're trying to speak to someone through a translating app or something and you become frustrated and agitated, you're going to draw attention to yourself as a foreigner. Right. You you maybe just need to, again, do a little bit of research and just kind of check your temper at the door and realize that you're a guest in another country and you may just need to understand that if you lose your head of steam and you pop off and you start raising your voice and making demands there are folks on every street corner that are looking for just that kind of person sure and they know that they're they're unaware of their surroundings and they can be easily taken advantage of this is not limited just to visiting other countries This is visiting other regions in our own country. Absolutely. Or your own country. Mm -hmm. And just using the United States, folks in Texas dress different than those in Florida. And cowboy sticks out in Florida. Sometimes. Sometimes it does. Or, you know, upper Maine may not necessarily be the same kind of style of speaking or dressing as in lower Arizona. So it's, it's important to understand the environment where you are and just try to Try to assimilate as a local if you really want to be adopting the whole gray man security opsec type look. Sure. The whole idea here is to not make yourself a possible target of attack. Mm -hmm. One of the things in the state in which we live is an open carry state. Uh, We thankfully can carry firearms. And in our particular state, we can open carry. And I'm glad that we have that right. But I'm not one to open carry. I don't like the idea of open carrying because that makes you a target. If there's a robbery goes down, you're the first one shot. Right, right. So, you, you know, it's we, we understand that people feel very strongly about exhibiting and living their rights and their liberties. And we're, we're all about that. But this is about being the gray man, about blending right. in. Maybe one out of every 25 people that I see in this state, one out of every 40, something like that, are actually open carrying. And part of that depends on where you are, Mm -hmm. where you go in our state. But in the areas that we're in, I I see open carry quite regularly. And it's not something that concerns me to see somebody openly carrying a weapon. 
but I always think that if something goes down, that person's likely to be the first one shot. So you want to blend in. And if you're talk, we're talking about weapons here, you want to keep the element of surprise there. You may not want that weapon showing until you want them to know that you have a weapon and just keep that element of surprise. And another thing that you can do to keep from being a possible target is not letting large sums of money being seen, pulling out a large roll of cash. Like when you go to Vegas and you decide you're going to, you know, cash in your chips and let's say you won 10 grand out there on the casino floor. Well, first of all, what a lucky duck you are. But then, you know, if you've got that $10,000, you've got to be very, very careful about who's with you, who's around you and who sees you and where you go, because there are people that are watching. There's too many victims of crime where people have said, hey, I didn't realize I was being watched. There I was bragging to all of my friends that I just won 10 grand. Right. Well, you just, in 10 minutes, you're going to be the one knocked over the head and your 10 grand is gone. Hey, listen, I just want to tell you about a couple of books that you need to add to your collection and give as gifts. I highly encourage that you go to Amazon and look up this title, Making Contact During Emergencies. This is information that may save your life or the life of someone you care about. If injured, lost, or found in a disaster or another type of emergency. This book was written by Mark and Krista Lolly. I'm Krista and Mark is my husband. Book number two that we wrote that we're especially proud of and has gotten a lot of buzz is entitled Practical Prepping for Everyday People. This is a common sense guide on preparing for life's emergencies. And when we say practical prepping, we mean the type of emergencies you're going to find yourself in day in and day out. Car emergencies, dead batteries, flat tires, storm damage, the roof has gotten blown off. You find that you have no power, no electricity, no devices are working. These kinds of things are happening to somebody somewhere every single day. And we were astonished when we did a little research to find that a vast majority of people found themselves woefully unprepared for one or more of these types of emergencies. And particularly after this COVID year that we've experienced, I think a whole lot more of us are paying closer attention to things like grocery store supply chains, the ability to be able to buy gas, the ability to be able to move freely about, or what's going to happen if we do have to stay home for three weeks solid. Practical Prepping for Everyday People by Mark and Crystal Lolly, also making contact during emergencies. Go to Amazon, look these up, add these to your collection. We sure appreciate it. Some of this gray man, when we understand about blending in, when we understand not sticking out, when we understand not calling attention to ourselves, that helps us in understanding in our situational awareness. We need to be watching for those that are out of place. All right. Rather than thinking about calling attention to yourself, you may also be the one who's observing someone else who is sticking out, calling attention, whether on purpose or accidentally, or it just doesn't, what they're doing, how they're speaking or behaving just doesn't seem quite right. You know, you just get that hunch, that intuition that says something seems just a little bit off. Yeah, this could go as far as, Wearing a trench coat in church. 
You know, yeah, sad to say that we live in a society now that if a strange, unknown person walks into your church, certainly you want to welcome people into your church. But if a lone person, man or woman, you know, walks in and they're they're behaving oddly and they're wearing a long trench coat and it just doesn't feel quite right. Bears Red, watching. You do need to reach out to your church security team. And I believe churches need to have those now. If you don't have one, start one. Just because, you know, rather have a security team and never have to use it than need one and not have one. Absolutely. Now, that trench coat, and we mentioned in church, but that trench coat in inappropriate weather. Yeah, in the blazing heat of northern Alabama in the first week of August, you know, if somebody's walking around a mall or a shopping center or school or a schoolyard or a stadium, and they're wearing a sweatshirt, a hoodie, and a long coat, Something's just not quite right about that. It's just there's just something wrong with that. They're either a meth addict or they're up to no good. Up to no good. They they may have, you know. And I don't want to try to make it seem like everybody who who decides to wear a hoodie in the middle of August is is a bad person. I'm just saying, just make yourself aware and take note and assess the person who is dressed or is behaving in such a way that isn't quite square. Sometimes people that are up to no good actually do telegraph their moves pretty seriously. Some people that have mental health issues that they really do need some help and maybe they're trying to get some help or maybe they're resistant. We, Our hearts of compassion go out to those people and to their family members who are seeking ways to try to help people that are having mental issues. But a lot of times, Violence is preceded by mental issues, and sometimes we just need to kind of just be aware of something like that. Okay, how about, um, how does this apply to at home? What are we talking about being the gray man at home? Well, we were just talking just last week about, um, you know, with the spring break that's been going on in the month of March and April, a lot of folks have been doing a lot of traveling, and they feel very much owed because some of them didn't get to do anything last year because of COVID. And so I I don't blame them for wanting to make their trip, but what they're doing is they're posting their, you know, here we are at the airport and here we are boarding the plane and here we are landing in the Fiji islands. And here we are, we're going to be here for two weeks and they're advertising being away from home in real time. And we suggest that you go on your trip and don't advertise it, come back home from your trip, and then post your pretty, pretty pictures. And we did that exact thing just a few weeks ago. We mm-hmm. went to see one of the grandsons, and we just posted things like we normally would, but nothing indicated that we were out of town until we got back. And then Krista posted a lot of those pictures of that little fella. Mm-hmm and some video of having fun with him. And it it just, we didn't let people know. There were very few people that knew that we were away from home. There were some family members that knew, but... Certainly uh, trusted persons can know. They're not going to post you being away, but it's just a common sense move on your part, especially if you're going to be gone away from home, really for a a, a length of time that tells a bad guy, well, they're, they're not going to be home for a week. I may have plenty of time to hit them more than once. And it doesn't have to be a long trip. It mm-hmm. can be somebody gone for the, weekend. That, that, mm-hmm. for the weekend that travels, you know, 100 miles to some destination spot and enjoys that, have absolutely no problem with that. But don't advertise that you're gone. 
but you want your house to also look like the neighbor's. You want to blend in. You don't want something that calls attention to your house as well. You don't want that Lamborghini sitting in the driveway, at least in our neighborhood you wouldn't. (laughs) That would definitely call attention to it. But uh, also don't put big-ticket item boxes out on the curb like that 72-inch TV. That advertises to burglars. And as Richard Jones made mention, the burglars seem to go around. They know what day the trash gets picked up, and they go around and they spot things and areas and such as that that they may want to go back to. Now, we've put some things here that uh, you can do that will help at home, and we did we do this when we're traveling and carrying any weapons with us, any long weapons, or even if we're going to the range. Be discreet when loading those weapons in and out of the vehicle. Right. Don't let passerbys see that you're carrying long guns in and out of the car. But I would also add to that, it's better to put them in a case than just carrying the don't weapon. Like an op- yeah, don't be carrying an open, visible rifle or a group of handguns in your hands, you know, as you're loading the right. car. Someone's going to be walking the dog in the neighborhood and they might glance over and that just may cause alarm or maybe they or or they might be a trusted neighbor but then they're going to tell the neighbor across exactly. the way and before you know it word gets out in the neighborhood that you've got some rare henry rifles going in and out of your car well maybe you didn't want the whole neighborhood to know that now here's another one that we don't think about and this is when we do throw the boxes away or into the recycle and that's cutting the shipping labels off of the box certain boxes mm-hmm. If you're getting boxes delivered to your house from prepper supply locations, Mm -hmm. ammo, anything like that, you obviously you can't keep the delivery person from knowing that. But, you know, I don't think they do a whole lot of looking at where it came from. Not so much. They're just trying to get as many packages delivered as they can. But anything that indicates that we're a prepper, we may want to be discreet with that. Uh, long-term foods, I uh, mentioned the prepper suppliers, or the uh, label indicate that it comes from a prepper supply, like XYZ prepper supply, something like that. Mm-hmm. So you want to be careful and be discreet, and you may want to remove those labels before you throw them away. Let's switch this over and take Gray Man into the SHTF situations, and, you know, pretty much all of what we've talked about applies, and we do want to blend in. We want to blend in with the culture. If we're having to bug out, if we're having to get home, we want to do as much blending in as we possibly can, and I would say that that means no tactical clothing. Let's don't be... Right, right. You know, in this area, you can wear full camo during hunting season. You see it all the time. You'll blend in. Nobody will pay one bit of attention to it. But if you're doing that in June, July, you're going to stick out like a sore thumb. So you're better off not to be wearing tactical clothing. And that includes not carrying a tactical type bag, not carrying that molly. My 
get home bag is an old hunting backpack. Now, what he's referring to is a Molly bag. It's spelled M-O-L-L-E. And what that is, for those of you that may not have ever seen one, is there are bags and vests and items of clothing and items of gear that have these strips of Velcro that you can attach containers, you know, soft side containers and all different kinds of gear onto those Molly ports, basically, with all that Velcro. And it's a, it's an extremely military, if I'm not mistaken, it came from the military. It did. And so uh, a lot of folks outside of the military or have retired from the military or have uh, left it for one reason or another, they like the the convenience of being able to arrange a lot of different gear containers on this Molly vest or this Molly backpack. I've even seen them made for uh, a gear hanging device for the back of your front seat in your car that has little Molly, yes. Molly and- attachments there. But it, it says... You know, I'm tactical, and I'm right. I'm a I'm a as they say in the cowboy westerns. I've, I've got a lot of hard bark on me. And, you now know, I I wear one five days a week. Well, and, yeah, our, and your role our law enforcement, law enforcement vest, our outer carriers are Molly, and on the front I've got flashlight, I've got radio, I've got handcuffs, I have extra flashlights. Some of our guys have tasers attached to their vest. I mean, there's it's a place to get a lot of that stuff off of your hips, mm-hmm. which I'm squirming around here because my hips hurting. But it's from years of wearing all that stuff around my waist, and it, it's a good thing at times. And having a backpack with a Molly attachment is a good place to put a water container to the side or a first aid kit. But the more you start hanging stuff off of that, the more it starts to look tactical and the more you begin to stick out. Yeah, you're not a gray man anymore. Right, and you're better off to have a hiker's backpack. And if you're going to carry that tactical-looking backpack, you might want to consider putting a rain cover over that to kind of— At least conceal some of the tactical look of it. Exactly. And we're saying this— for your protection, we're, we're not saying this because we oppose anything tactical or that we oppose your liberties or your rights. We're saying this because sometimes you need to make a decision that's going to be more protective of your life and those for whom you are responsible. And you can put your ego and your sense of exercising your liberties can sometimes take a back burner. Or your macho. In, or Yeah, in order to protect who you are in order to give you a better edge on survival. There are times when that's exactly what you're going to need and want. You'd wish that you had chosen that way. You know, if I have to spend three days getting home, you know who I want to look like? I want to look like the homeless guy. Yeah. You uh, want to look like somebody that nobody's going to bother and just right, leave or, alone. Or the guy that's mm-hmm. been backpacking across the country, the homeless guy that backpacks and travels and goes everywhere he goes and he's got everything he owns on his back that's the guy i want to look like exactly i I want to look like the guy that's not worth the trouble of trying to attack or trying to rob him the whole idea there is to blend in don't have those knives hanging off of the straps don't have them upside down taped to your straps you know that's fine if you're going into battle, you know you're going to need it. But for your everyday get-home bag, bug-out bag, something like that, don't have that knife, but have everything 
concealed. Don't have that knife affixed to the straps. Don't have things hanging off that you don't need to be. Don't be wearing thigh holsters. Mm-hmm. You know, keep everything as concealed as you possibly can. Yeah, and in, if you're in an urban or a city setting, Try to choose some neutral colors. Try to wear maybe just some, you know, blue jeans and a like a plain white T-shirt or just normal neutral clothes, gray clothes. I would rather someone wear like a black T-shirt and blue jeans than to wear something like those neon green, like that's what I call a highway neon green colors. Because if someone's scoping you out, and you're wearing these bright colors and you're maybe not concealing your weapon, you're pretty easy to spot from a rooftop. And there's a lot of folks that have to wear the high-vis colors every day, and, and I see them every day. Folks that you know work in construction, folks that work around uh, certain job sites, folks that do certain jobs, they're, they're required to wear those in their work. So if you're one of those then I would say have something else in the get-home bag. Just pull over. Another type of T-shirt, take that high-vis off, put it down in the backpack, and put your regular old T-shirt on or your sweatshirt, something that doesn't stick out, something that's not quite as easy to spot. Mm -hmm. That's the whole point of high-vis is so that drivers can spot you and I joke about when we have to put our traffic vest on, it's so drivers know which way we're running and they can run us down. <laughs> well, but consequently, same kind of idea in rural areas. Wear seasonal clothing. Uh, hunting seasons are usually in the late fall and winter time, and so wearing hunting-style clothing at that time of year in a rural setting actually makes a lot of sense. I mean, you're not going to look all that odd. You'll actually blend in in right. a lot of areas. If it's deer season, folks are wearing camo. Mm-hmm. And they may be wearing some of that camo with a bit of orange at the shoulders or whatever. It's just right. a hunting shirt, you know, so right. that you're just going to look like any other hunter at that point. Right. Now, if you're around a group of people, And here, actually, I was thinking about you're around a large group of people and a civil disobedience type thing came into mind when I wrote this, and it may be easier to go with the flow. If if everybody's going from north to south, it may be safer for you to go from north to south until you get an opportunity to get away from that group. I see what you mean. If you come out of a building— and there's a large group of protesters out there, and they're marching, you may be better off to go with them until you can make a 90-degree turn and get away from them than you are to try to go upstream. Mm -hmm. If you go against the flow, you're going to stick out a lot more than if you just go with the flow. Right, exactly. And there, it's when you're in that large group of people, it's a good idea to behave like everyone else unless they're rioting. I mean, don't, don't get out there and start throwing rocks at police just to blend in Yeah, no, that's because not then you're going to stick out in the wrong way, right. but behave like everybody else is. If, if they're being joyful and such, just, you know, celebrate with them and behave like them. Now, here's another thing. If we look at a SHTF situation we could have a situation where they're distributing food, they're distributing water. We may have food, we may have water, but we may want to be the gray man. We don't want to be the one in the neighborhood that never goes to 
collect food or never goes to collect water. Good point. And in those cases, we may want to be asking the same questions that everybody else is. What's going on? When's the power coming back on? Mm-hmm. You know, what are we supposed to do? When's help coming? Things like that. And you also might want to mimic their actions in that you walk the same way that those folks do. They're walking with their heads down. Now, keep your eyes peeled. You know, don't be watching the ground. But walk along with that dejected, you know, we've been two weeks without food kind of look to people. You want to be going out. If you're going out into that kind of a situation, be as dirty as everybody else is. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't mm-hmm. be wearing the fresh, clean clothes. Be wearing the tattered stuff that you've worked in. Blend in with that group of people and act like the normal folks are actually acting. Now, I didn't say act normal. I said act like the normal folks are acting. And after certain situations, that's going to be with shock. That's going to be with dismay. And just the whole time, though, you need to stay situationally aware. And this final point, know when to disappear. You know, there's a time when you just get away from all people. Right. You know, and that even could mean if if you still have a running car, a car that can still go and you have fuel, fuel it up and start it up and at one o'clock in the morning and don't turn on your lights, ease, ease out of, your out of the neighborhood and, and just disappear. quietly go your way. And we're telling you these things because the gray man concept is not something we made up. We learned this from seasoned survivalists and from those that are involved in urban protection and rural protection and different folks who have developed this gray man concept because it did save lives. It did make a difference. I know it seems counterintuitive to kind of act like a play actor for some reason and become a personality or a characteristic that may seem counterintuitive to you at that moment. But there, these have been developed because they have saved lives and made a difference. Whoever came up with the concept understands human nature. Well, this concept, uh, this has been used for hundreds, even thousands of years. Mm -hmm. When you had spies going into the other community, they needed to look like those. And I mean, even back into the biblical times and into foreign countries, foreign countries, cities and things like that. But even back into, you know, a thousand years B.C. when they were looking to raid a a nearby city, they would send spies in there and they would check it out. And we were talking about this when we were traveling back recently about how there were women involved in the Revolutionary War that dressed as men. They looked like men and went into or behind enemy lines and were spies. And that brings up another point. There may be a point in time when some of you good-looking ladies need to not look so good when you're trying to be the gray man, you may actually want to dress like a man. You may want to look like somebody you're not 
for your own personal safety. Well, I think I understand what you're saying. Like if you if you're alone, living alone, or if you have to go down a street alone. I'm thinking here of an SHTF situation. Right, we're in a crisis situation. The rule of law has gone out the window, and it can be, frankly, for women, it can be a much more fearful situation because we, we. Uh, there are fear- things that can happen to women that. Don't usually happen. Not to me. usually. And so, if if I know that I've got to travel ten blocks to to make a supply run or get something, I probably don't want to look like a helpless female. I'm probably going to want to look a, like a slouchy male, and I'm probably going to even change the way that I walk to make it even look like I'm just a dumpy man walking. I'm just I'm hoping I'm not offending anybody. I'm trying to tell you these things for life saving and safety saving purposes that. You don't need to be putting on your tank top and your booty shorts to be making that 10-block run if if all of the rule of law is gone and there's dangerous fellows out there that mean you harm. If you look like a fabulous-looking runway model, they're going to get you. You're in trouble. If you're a slouchy, dumpy-looking guy walking down the street, they're looking the other way. Right. You may need to do it that way, ladies, just to, you know, to keep yourself safe. It's something to think about. Anything else you want to add? Well, I just want people to think about the whole gray man concept, and I I hope that this spawns some conversations of those of you that are listening, some of you husbands and wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, fathers, mothers, sons, daughters, grandparents, friends, whatever is your community. You You may want to have just a trusted few people that you may want to have this conversation with and ask questions about how how would a gray man concept look like in our world i mean you do need to kind of make a plan in some ways about this and and don't try to devise a plan after it's all happened you need to think and about knowing it and knowing these concepts helps us to spot those that are out of place it helps with our situational awareness and it helps us to notice those that are acting differently dressed differently not saying that they're automatically a bad person I'm not saying that but they bear watching. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. And please leave us a five-star review. That helps more people be able to hear this podcast. Share it with your friends and family. You can reach us on Facebook at Practical Prepping. Email at info at practicalprepping.info. And our website is practicalprepping.info. And as always, remember, stuff happens. Stay prepared. <laughs>